Rejoice in the Lord always. He and I say rejoice. Dwell on the good things. In light of that, I'm thinking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I can't write one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Now, almost one fifth of the men here this evening have had training in being a preacher. Is that something to think about? One fifth. One out of Every five men here have had training in the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ with those that stand in need. And we always need more. And we know a good place where you can get some training. But it's good to see each one here. Dirt thought I might be able to to read the scripture for this evening, so I'll give it a try. We're in the book of Philippians, and we're in chapter 4, and I must be in deep need because I found in my pocket two pairs of glasses. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The Christians are encouraged to do some meditation. Not the Eastern religion type of meditation, where you're trying to find something that isn't there. But there is a meditation, the time to stop, to read, to reflect, to consider, And then prayerfully in life to be able to enact that within our life. Some things that again we are to consider within that life. Meditation is one of the things that is a biblical subject. Find it in Genesis 24 and verse 63 of Isaac meditating in the field before the coming of the one that would be his wife. Joshua was charged to meditate day and night. In Joshua 1 and verse 8. There he was told what he was to meditate upon. 
You meditate on the book of the law. You spend time looking at the law book. It's a lot better to spend time trying to meditate on the word of God and his law than it is to try to meditate on the laws of our land. Uh, and I don't know if we're going to have laws of our land any longer or not. I don't know. They're all being whittled away with one time or in one way or another. But we are to consider and to think about there is a totally different lifestyle that is expected out of us simply because we have taken the time to read, to meditate, to learn, and then to desire to make a change within our life. We've chosen to live a different lifestyle than the world lives in. And the world we will constantly live in desires us not to do that or to try to make it uncomfortable for us or to mock us and trying to say it's ridiculous. There's no way that you can live a godly, pure, unadulterated life and live in this world. But God's Word tells us otherwise. David said in Psalm 119 and verse 99 that he had become wiser than his teachers. How? Through meditation. He spent time with God's Word, and Psalm 119 is a good psalm to read if you want to meditate on God's Word. Because that's all that that passage or that psalm discusses is the Word of God and how it applies to our life, what we need to do in response to what we read and we meditate upon. Paul commanded Timothy to meditate on these things in 1 Timothy 4, verses 15 and 16. But as we think about meditation, what does meditation mean for the child of God? And why should we be concerned about making time for meditation? And how should we meditate? Looking at the first one, what meditation is in the Bible? It's not what you find in the Eastern mystic religions. Meditation in the Bible is to dwell, to contemplate on a certain truth or reality that has already been revealed. We're not looking for something new to implement within our life. We're looking at what's already been given to us, planned for us, delivered unto us, preserved for us, and what we call the Word of God. A man after God's own heart is one who will meditate on such things as, well, the Lord himself. Psalm 63 in verse 6, meditate on the Lord. Think about God. Think about who he is. Think about the Lord who he is and the Spirit. Think about his word. That will come up a little bit later as well. But meditate on God. You want something good to meditate on? Think about that. Think about his creation. Psalm 19 talks about it. Genesis 1 and 2 discuss it. You just think about what God created, how he created it, 
how he sustains it, the purpose that he has for it, and that in all of its beauty and all of its majesty and all of its ability to blow our mind away when you think about the galaxies, all temporary, destined to perish, but you, you have a soul that will never perish. Now, which one do you believe God is more concerned about? That which will perish or the imperishable? What is his purpose? His magic or his creation declares to us the glory of God. Causing us to reflect that the one who could have such power, the one who has such control, the one who was a spoken word can alter this universe. Care about you as an individual. Yes, he cares about humanity. And yes, he has provided salvation for humanity. But in humanity, there are individuals. And he cares about each individual. Not willing for what? Any to perish. But for all to come to repentance. Dwell on God. Dwell on his wonderful work. Psalm 77 and verse 12 talks about that as well. His works, what he's done. Psalm 119, dwell on his revealed word that he's given to us. Again, all of Psalm 119 deals with the word of God. Meditate on that. Think about it. Work your way through Psalm 119 sometime. Do it in sections if you will. It's broken down into sections, 22 precisely. One for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. We do not see it in English, but it is in the Hebrew. Every section of eight verses begins with that particular Hebrew letter. You thought about that? We don't see it in English, so we probably don't think about it too much. But you think about that. Did that take some forethought to do that? For that psalm to be written? Did it take some guidance? As the psalmist was penning those words and giving those thoughts that need to be reflected upon. And he did that, or had it done, for you. The Word of God is for you. It's given for you to meditate upon, to think about. It helps you to take your mind of your meditating on the Word of God, if you're meditating on his good works, if you're meditating upon God himself, it takes your mind off of the pandemic. <laughs> it takes your mind off what's going on in this world down here that is seems to be in utter chaos. And that's what we need at times. Be still. 
the Lord said, and know that I am the Lord. Just be still. Let the mind go to God and understand what he's there, that he's there and that he will work indeed within our life. Put it in the words of Paul. Meditate on these things, the, the true, the noble, the pure, the just, the lovely, the good report, the virtue and the praiseworthy. Let your mind meditate on these things. Think about the good. We could dwell on those that ought to be here who are not. But it's good to dwell on those who are here. And the lives that they live. And the way that they touch lives around them. And you never know the full impact of that. Until you spend some time with them. Spent a couple hours this afternoon talking to two brothers. One who just recently lost a son. Interesting conversation. I don't know if you ever had a chance to talk to those two boys by themselves or together. Together is interesting. It's an interesting conversation. Learned in those couple hours, I learned a lot of things about the Harden family. And I learned a lot of good things that I already knew about the Harden family. Hubert and Walterine. What a couple. What a couple. Meditate on the good things. We had to spend some time discussing some Things not so pleasant. But again, even in that, there was good. Glenn was the one that had to share with his mother the death of her grandson. What was Walterine's response? Her response was, I'm glad Hubert wasn't here to see that or to hear that. It would have crushed Hubert. Hubert had a special bond with Jason. There was a connection there. Walterine was glad that Hubert was spared that it tore him up the suddenness and so forth that goes along with it meditate on these good things though the good life, the influences the way they touch lives to hear the sons how they talk about their parents and who liked who and what all that goes along in families it's always interesting the virtue, the praiseworthy, the purpose of meditation is to nourish the man or the child of God with, his, with the understanding of God and his revealed will for man. That's the purpose, is to nourish us, where we draw our strength from. That's our food. 
That's our thinking process, is the Word of God. Are we willing to spend that time in doing that? To give man spiritual joy and to strengthen through that nourishment, that nourishment that goes along the way. It gives us joy to know who God is. It gives us joy to know why. We sang that song, Why Did My Savior Love Me So? Why? Why did He give His life for me? Because He loved me. Why did God plan from redemption, or from the beginning, before the beginning, why did He plan this universe in mankind? Because He loved us so. Desires our redemption. As we have sinned, desires our fellowship with him once along, once again along the way. And as we understand the difference of meditation from Eastern religion, why should we meditate second of all? Why should we? Because again, it is a source of joy. It is a source of strength. We get to see things from a different perspective than how we view things from this perspective in the world. And it's good to be able to take our minds off of this going on around us and to think about the joy of what we have with God and the strength that He gives to us. No temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. And with every temptation, God will Provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure. See, that's one of those promises we have. That's what helps us in the nothing that we face that is greater than what we can bear. Have you ever felt the opposite? Have you ever felt like, I cannot bear it. I cannot deal with it. Well, in one degree, that's true. You cannot without God. That's how you bear it. That's how you deal with it. It's with God. Knowing God's love for you, His care and watch upon you, His promise made to you, that He will never leave you, nor will He ever forsake you. So it is a source of strength and comfort. It is in a very important part of our transformation, being transformed from one life to a new life. Metamorphosis. We become a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's a new life. It's a beautiful life. Yeah, it has its problems. But it is a beautiful life because God is in it. God loves us and He works with us. Our goal is to become more like Christ. And again, this requires a transformation. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us that's what it is. Renew your mind. You've got to change the mind. You've got to transform, metamorphose the mind. You have to have a new way of thinking. And only the child of God is going to have that. 
The world has its own way of thinking. But God's way is far greater and far better than that. Put away the old and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's a constant process, the renewing of your mind. It's not a one-time operation. We constantly get to renew it. We get to constantly, as we do in the physical life, and that's one of the reasons I think God gave us that illust- those illustrations of the physical life and the spiritual life. Because we can look at the physical life and we can see the transformation from a baby to a toddler to a young child to a young teenager to an older teenager to a young adult to a middle-aged adult and then the rest of us. It gives us time to transform that renewer with a constant change. We are expected to grow. I'm so sad to see Tories R.S. go out of business. Because that's what I am. I'm a Tories R.S. kid. That's never grown up. But see, there's that constant transformation taking place. Renewing of the mind. Reevaluating what we've gone through. Relooking at things and renewing that strength that we draw from God. Understanding where that we need to be. To meditate on these good things and, and to look for those things. Look for the good in people. It's there. Sometimes you've got to dig real deep to find it, but it's there. Ours is to trust God as He works with us in our lives. Let your, not, let your mind not dwell on the things of the earth, but the things that are in heaven. Look at Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, let your mind dwell up on those things. Changes the life perspective again, which is supposed to do. It's to change us. It is in, in, in to encourage us to draw closer to God in a life that we do. And why do we fail? Because we do not choose to meditate on the right things. We live in this world. And at times that we're not careful. We've become like Pigpen and Linus. You just walk around with a cloud of dirt over you. <laughs> you know, it, just, it just draws to you like a magnet. That's not the child of God. So we have to become this new creation. And we have to meditate on these good things and let those be a part of our life. Don't mind the things of the flesh that lead to death. That lead to being at enmity or hatred. Enmity is a deep-seated hatred with God. He has a deep-seated hatred towards sin. It destroys souls that he has created in his own image. So he has a deep-seated hatred towards it. And that we allow sin to dominate us or to influence us. 
we're going to fall. We're not going to be where God wants us to be. You've got to dwell on the good things. The saying is, in the world, it's around life. You are what you think. You are what you think. What do you think? How does your mind function? Are you dwelling on the good things? You want to do good things. You see the joy. And what it has, what it has for others. Ever been around children? I know you have. <laughs> if you ever been around children during this period of time? You know, it, it is absolutely hard to be around children. And you see them in the stores, and I like to interact with them because they're fun to interact with. But it's hard to do when you look like this. They cannot see the smile... <laughs> Try to do it with the eyes, you know? uh, because they're they're innocent, they're sweet. Let your mind be there, and dwell on those things that encourage, would uplift. You are what you think about. How do you think? You see the good. Look around and see the good. It's there. Sometimes you dig a little bit, but it, it's there. It, it draws people together as we strive to do God's will. Third is, how do we meditate? Your mind is affected by even casual contemplation. You have to work at it. Again, you are what you think. How do manufacturers choose to influence you. Advertisement, yes, advertisement. And they do not have to be long advertisement. Been years down the road. But what kind of mileage did Coke get out of Mean Joe Green in the Jersey to the little boy? I mean, they, they made some money off of that one. And it's, it's short. It's not long at all. But it's emblazed in the mind. Whatever we see, it affects us. It's ours is to choose what we want to look at or how we want to look at it. Again, the world does a marvelous job at that. But we ought to turn it around and use it for our advantage as well. Christians, ah, what a joy. Fellowship, oh, great. Time together, love it. What do we see? How do we view things? Again, we make those decisions. Read the story or the account, and I'm sure human beings have a way, good way of making stories fit to whatever illustration they want to make. But it was an indication of a 
supposedly some small children talking about the fact that mom and dad let a stranger in the house. And over time, mom and dad began to change because this stranger would use language that they did not approve of. But mom and dad never corrected the stranger. They just let him stay. He was there when they ate. He was there when they were in the living room and so forth. He was always around it. It wasn't long before mom and dad began to change a little bit. And everything changed after they let that stranger in. The stranger, television. Television. You ever seen the difference in television back when we were kids and television now? Whew. Back when we were kids, that would not have been on, would it? It been, wouldn't have been R-rated, it had been X-rated. And yet, and it doesn't take long, does it, to get an image burned into your mind. That's why he says, meditate on the good things. You choose that meditation, what it is, uh, because it, it's going to influence our life down the line. To reach the heights of spiritual meditation, need to have, again, heed the counsel of the Psalms. Make the Bible your primary focus of meditation, Psalm 1 and verse 2. Read it. Contemplate on it. Contemplate on it every day. Psalm 1 and 2 again, Psalm 119 and verse 15. Read with a prayer in your heart. Psalm 119 and verse 18. As you read, occasionally read it aloud to yourself. You ever read it quickly? Stop occasionally. Read it aloud to yourself. Hear the words that you're saying or that you're looking at. Listen to them. Let them dwell on your mind there for a little bit. So that we can do again, let it begin to change our heart and our mind. Hold the word of God in your heart until it has affected every phase of your life. This is meditation. David said in Psalm 19 and in verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Is that true? in your life this evening? Is it your meditation? And is it your strength? God's desire and his long-suffering with us, God's desire and his patience with us, that we can change, grow, be closer to him, 
And above all things else, again, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. If you would be subject to that invitation and making a life right with God, that we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.